like a trusted turnout jacket you've had for years. Flex 7 outer shell fabric delivers a perfectly broken-in feel on the very first wear. Flexible, comfortable, and powered with the strength of enforced technology, Flex 7 outer shell fabric is made to move. To learn more, visit tenkatafabrics.com slash flex7. Flex 7, powered by enforced technology. Only from Tenkata Protective Fabrics. Seconds count when responding to an emergency. Minutes save count when documenting your day. Emergency networking makes records management easier and faster with its Fire and EMS solution. User-friendly, complete online and offline functionality, highly customizable, all at an affordable price. For more information, please visit emergencynetworking.com. Hey, good evening, everybody, and uh, welcome to The Backstep. This is Ronnie Kay in New York, and uh, my good buddy Tommy A is out there in New Mexico, not to be confused with old Mexico. And uh, there's another good-looking dude on the, on the screen, and we're going to get to him in a second. What's going on, Tommy? Uh, we're actually getting a little bit of rain this evening, so uh, as long as a thunderstorm doesn't put the electricity out, we should be good to go. Yeah, well, the, I guess the rain's good for your wildland season and keeping it in check a little bit. Yeah, anyway. just uh, it's not as uh, hectic as it was last year, but it's still there. So, so you know, in, in getting into this new this new podcast system and all this other stuff, I, I just, uh, for the record, uh, last week I watched the podcast. If you guys ever watch uh, Getting Salty with the two maniacs from FDNY, the retired guys, they had they had the John Esposito on, a chief of operations. I was just and, I was just on the phone with him about a half hour ago. <laughs> great episode. Uh, it, it really gave a, a good insight into Esposito and his whole career. And two hours and forty five minutes, Tom. Oh wow, two hours and forty five minutes. But but it was good. It was interesting. It, it moved along. Of course, it was funny because those guys are out of their minds like us. And uh, they uh, he's he's such a pro. Esposito was such a pro. Uh, that he 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 was fielding their questions and and kind of uh, uh, doing a great job in in you know skirting whatever needed to be skirted and all that stuff. The side story is he sent them a lot of pictures. So in the middle of a thing, they'd say, "Yo, chief, we got a picture of this when you were in like." So they put up, and I, Jack, I got to send you this shot. They put up a shot of Squad 18 mm-hmm. when Jerry yeah. Tracy was the captain, and he handpicked us so he handpicked yeah. all those guys to go into the squad. Okay. So Jerry's obviously a young man in this thing, and and I look at the picture, and I took a shot of the picture off the screen because he looks exactly like Pat Sajak from Wheel of Fortune in the shot. So to the point where I showed my wife who's been watching Wheel of Fortune for 40 years, I said, did you know Sajak was a fireman? She goes, no. I showed her the picture. She goes, oh, wow, no kidding. Had her fooled, went to work and showed it to six people, had them fooled. Then I sent it to Jerry, and I said, you're a double for pass. Well, I said, who's that good-looking young officer in the middle? And he kind of left. But I'm telling you, he's yeah. a double for say. I'm going to send you the picture okay. after the show, Jack. You. So, uh, so with that, tonight, uh, we're, we're going to do High Rise, the Vertical Challenge, Part 2. Uh, last month, we were fortunate to have the Battalion Chief of Retired, Jerry Tracy, from New York City. Uh, tonight, we're absolutely privileged to have uh, our good friend, uh, Jack Murphy. Jack is a... Uh, a 40, 45-year veteran, kind of like I am. We, we kind of came up with a system together. He's a, 
retired deputy chief, retired fire marshal from New Jersey, uh, big time mutual aid coordinator in Bergen County, uh, and uh, kind of took up took up consulting uh, as a young guy and did some phenomenal projects in the United States and abroad. Uh, Jack built Yan Yankee Stadium in the Bronx uh, all by himself, hammer and yeah. nails. And uh, he was also the fire chief at Woodstock 95 upstate New York and just all kinds of neat stuff like that. And uh, I met Jack. Jack, I was thinking about it today, yeah. uh, kind of driving home, getting ready for the podcast. I was going to, I was kind of rehearsing this saying, yes, Jack and I know each other 30 years. I met you in 1985 when we went to graduate school. That's it's almost right. 40 yes. years. Yeah. Almost 40 yeah. years. So Jack and I went to grad school together. Yeah. In 1985, 86, 87, 88, in that era. And so uh, it's about 38 years. And, and I will tell you, uh, I'm telling our listening audience of four nationwide, whoever they are, that, that uh, uh, it, it's, been, it's been a thrill to be, to be friends and associates with, with a guy like Jack Murphy. Uh, we talked about last, Tom, remember we talked about last month with Tracy about it's great to hang out with smart oh, people, yeah. you know? And I, I always love hanging out with Jack and, and his knowledge base is just, Tremendous when it comes to uh, not just firefighting and stuff like that, but fixed protection, active and passive fire protection, building structures and systems and all that stuff. So with great pride and pleasure, Jack, Jack I, welcome to the back. Thank you, Jack. We're so happy. Thanks, Tom. Jack and I, I think, uh, bumped into each other when we were doing FDIC West. Yeah. Uh, oh, the West. Okay. okay. Back in the day. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will bestow upon you the title that uh, Dr. O'Neill gave me of uh, – New Jersey American, uh, because <laughs> even though you're not in the state anymore, you're always yeah. going to be from New Jersey. Yes, right. New Jersey American. Huh? That's pretty uh, pretty interesting. Yeah. I've never heard that. That's okay. But we're glad to have you here, Jack. We're Thank thrilled. You. And 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 to to further set it up for tonight, uh, Jack was one of three authors on on the new quintessential high rise book called The Vertical Challenge, along with Chief Tracy and with with Assistant Chief Jim Murtaugh, who retired in 2000, 22 years ago, and is still contributing to the fire service with his with his knowledge and, and his uh, command structure and his out-of-the-box thinking. He's one of the big out-of-the-box thinkers that we all yes. we all know and love. So uh, with that, Jack, welcome to the show, man. Great Thank to have you. you. Thank you. And, you know, like all of us, we all keep busy and everything. I, I, I came across the river in the, in the 80s with John Jay. I started out as the fire safety director at New York Hospital Cornell Medical Center, a little place, just a small place. It's only three, three, three city blocks long, 4 million square feet, 20 interconnecting buildings. I spent several, several years there. Then I went on to a, a little bigger space called Citibank, but the globalness of it. So I was the vice president for fire, fire protection in 103 countries. So the challenge there was... You know, what codes do you apply? So if there were strong codes like the British, the Brits or the Aussies, that was great. And if they ha didn't have it, I applied NFPA. So then I got started, like Tom said, with the NF the FDIC in 96, still there. All right. And uh, what a great show. It's, it's fantastic. And this year, all right, we're having a conference within the conference. We're having a high rise conference within <laughs> within the FDIC. Is, is that breaking That's news? That's breaking news, yes. Oh, yeah. man, how about that? Yeah. I'm loving yeah. that, man. We're, we're teaming cool. up with uh, Ron Timpson out of, uh, out of uh, London, all right? And uh, we're going to have three days of, you know, a good, a good mix of looking at these 
these challenges in all these buildings and what they're really throwing at us. So uh, I, I'll just open with that. Thank you. Very good. Very good. That's dynamite. Uh, so, so when we had when we had Jerry on last month, we kind of talked very broad brush about about the uh, uh, the book and and how you guys came to it. But but um, one of the questions I asked him, and and and, uh, and I loved you know my love for Jerry Tracy. What can I tell you? I, I love him almost as I love Tom Hammer, You know what I'm saying? But but one of the questions I asked him, and we didn't really get a clear answer, was you know the way you wrote the book, you told the story. Yes. And I remember calling you a hundred pages in and say, Jack, it reads like a novel. How the hell did you do this? You know? And, and I'm, I read the textbook, as you know, cover to cover, cause I sent mm. you my no shit list, which I talked about last month. Uh, I kept reading stuff going, no shit. I didn't know that. So I sent you the no shit, but how did you guys come up with that? The writing style? That's what I'm kind of curious about telling the story the way you yeah, did. It was just going back and forth a, a lot of times between the three of us, you know, uh, Jerry was the impetus. Jerry, Jerry recruited me. I, I first turned him down. I said, Jerry, I don't have time. And, but he, he, he uh, recruited me and then we took a look and recruited Murtaugh. You know, Murtaugh's like you. He's my mentor, you know. So the, the whole idea was that we, we wanted to, all right, this is a technical book, but how do we get here? You know, really, high rises started in Rome, in the Romans, where the, uh, the, the uh, how would I say, the, the elite lived on the ground floor. Everybody else, went up seven stories, lived up high. So he took that premise and brought it into making a story of, of, of everything, of, of all this stuff. Now you go and you look at 50% of the population in, in 2030 will be living in uh, metropolis cities. 50% of the population, all right? I just looked at uh, uh, Hong Kong has, uh, uh, Hong Kong, Tokyo has 20, 32 million people. There were a lot of cities uh, way beyond New York, beyond us globally, that are in double digits <laughs> population. It's the city, not the not the outer areas like New York. Uh, it's, it's the greater. We, we all say uh, Bergen County is the sixth borough. So and the seventh borough is Nassau and so forth. But it's just mind boggling where it is. So we wanted to give the readers a, a sense of this is how we got started. This is this is how we processed through this. These are the, still the challenges we have, and the challenges are getting worse. The things are changing so rapidly, like the computer and cell phones, you, you can't keep up with it. Yeah, you know. Right. So the, the whole idea is let's let's create a foundation, all right, of a high rise book. And like I said, they're, they're vertical cities. So, so let me ask you something: the, the the writing style. I mean, is is that Jerry's writing style about the way when you read it? You know, it's not reading like a textbook. Yeah. That, that's that's my my baffled yeah. Yeah, part yeah, of this yeah. thing. It doesn't read like yeah. a textbook. You know, it, so is that is that is that the way Jerry kind of the way he puts things yeah, on paper? He, that's the way he put it on paper. We broke up things into different chapters. You know, obviously I did right. seven. If these walls could talk, but we all right. we all got in the mix and tweaked it each each time. So Jerry right. Jerry started the emphasis. The empathy. Oh gosh, he started it. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm only, and I'm, and I'm only drinking water. <laughs> That's easy for you to say. So, so let, let, let me yes, ask you sir. something. You know, we, we, we read the book, and you know, Tommy, Tommy's. I don't know how far. How far are you through the book, Tommy? I think I'm starting chapter eight. Yeah, yeah, but you're just looking at the pictures, yeah, right? right. <laughs> yeah, okay. But uh, let, let's let, let's let's go back to let's take a look at chapter two, 
you know, chapter two is is the fire codes that impact yeah. high rise buildings and and again for our for our, our watching and listening audience J jack is a consummate code professional sits on all kinds of nfpa building code committees international code he, he he's in it the way the way the fire service is supposed to be immersed in this jack is in it all the way uh so talk about chapter two a little bit and and you know through the through codes and through systems and through yeah. you know we talk about taming the fire environment yeah. in high-rise yeah. buildings so give, give us it's, a little it's bit a little that. bit about you know uh the experiences of these buildings historically you know how, how do we come up with a skyscraper definition that's now it's 75 feet or above but now we're looking at other definitions what's a super tall building and what's a mega tall building we're looking at those definitions because that's a different animal than a high-rise building. A super tall is, is up to anything greater than 984 feet. That's a super tall. A mega, which we don't have in the United States, but they're basically over in the Middle East, over 1,984 feet. We want to drive that home about that to tame the environment because how many, how many operation, how many staging floors do I need? How many rehab floors do I need? If I lose the elevator and I have to go up to 137 floors, wow. <laughs> so those are the things we want to bring out. Uh, this is what you have, and I, we want you to have some forward thinking in, in all these things. The taming of the fire, fire environment. Uh, years ago, Sean DeCrane and I, uh, he's now the IFF, uh, Health and Safety uh, Director, uh, we talked about that, and we, we talked about we need to have an understanding of this, of what we call a balanced approach to high-rise. I'm tired of trading off things, but in a high-rise building. Oh, it has sprinklers. Yeah, but in the life cycle of the building, we have downtime. In an office building, I may gut six floors. There's no sprinklers, but the rest of the building has to exist. So those are the things right. we started bringing up in that. Now you're dealing with a lot of buildings, old buildings, no sprinklers at all. In the NFPA, we put in, in NFPA 101, all existing building, high-rise buildings shall be sprinklered period, on the, any occupancy. So we, we put that out there. The code on the ICC side hasn't adopted that on their existing building code. So the balance approach is that I need both active and passive systems. I, I'm not trading off corridor doors anymore. I'm not. All right? I don't care what building it is. All right? We, if, if, if one thing fails and we've had that, all right? So if you have a fully sprinkled building, and you and you gutted six floors. That section's non-sprinkler. And look all the, look all the fire load you put in there. So the the whole idea is say you need to balance this out. And on the code side, on the code side, we got started in this after nine eleven, and given testimony at the city council then before NIST. And NIST came out with X number of recommendations. All right. So we're looking at that and saying these are applicable out there. The fire service thinks basically the local companies let the national handle it, let the states handle it. Oh, I got the IFF. I got the national volunteer fire council uh, and, and things like that. Well, that's one voice, one voice. They get up there at the podiums, one. The industry has multiple voices. Sure. And, and on the ICC side, all right, a few years ago, that said, you could do this remote. The fire department can do it. You can follow yes. this. You, before, you had to be present in the hall. So remotely, a city like New York has 12 votes. Uh, I think we want to hear from you about high-rise buildings, all right? So designate some people to, to follow that. We need more people from the local level. Small cities, 
the smallest city four. If you add up everybody, all the 35,000, 36,000 fire departments, whatever number in that area, and just take a middle number of, of four, it's, it's multiple. It's, it's high into the six-digit figures. That's a voice. What, we don't have a voice. We have a weak link. All right. And I'm trying to get. It's a whisper. It's not a full yeah, voice. Yeah. It's just a and, whisper. And it, it all comes down to, you know, these are our battle spaces. The fire companies going in and, and you talk to some fire company. I don't do that. What if you don't do that? <laughs> you go to these buildings every day. Don't you think you want to have better things in the building to protect you, protect you and the occupants for the job? You know, you, 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 you mentioned trade-offs. You know, yeah. you, you want the sprinklers and the doors. Yeah. And I, I remember hearing, Jack, when we were in yeah. school, that they, they used they call that belt and suspenders right, fire protection. Right. Yeah. Belt and suspenders. But, you know, and I have used that yeah. throughout my teaching career on the mm. side to talk about belt and suspenders, you know. And, and, of course, you get that stare from the students. And they go, what are you talking yeah. about? I said, if you're wearing a belt and a pair of suspenders, and I walk over with a pair of scissors and, and cut your suspenders like they do with a clown in the right. circus, your pants aren't going to fall down because you're wearing yeah, a belt, right. you know. Yeah. So, so that thing with the trade-offs and, yeah. and and the trade-off thing on a small scale, you know, they're building condos. So the guy says, "Well, I'll put the sprinklers in, but I'm only going to put a a, a one-hour wall right. in between right. the units, whatever yeah. it is." But when they shut that valve for maintenance, now you're living in a substandard mm -hmm. building all yeah. of a sudden, you know. So doing that in a high-rise is got to be. Uh, you know, just economies of scale right. worse. Yeah. It's got to be. You yes. know, Jack, one of the things I, I really enjoyed about going through the book so far, you know, I don't have a lot of high rise uh, where I was. I, we had a five story uh, hotel and casino, but a lot of the stuff that's in the book transfers over to even mm -hmm. that kind of low rise building. Right. And uh, looking at the fire protection systems that were in there, uh, how do you think uh, uh, the activation of the fire alarm control panel really kind of helps out the first two officer? Oh, yes, it does. Well, the first two officer there should immediately go to the fire alarm panel. Read the little, I call it the little window of opportunity. All right. Now, first of all, figure out when the box came in. And now what you're seeing in front of you is that before the box came in. All right. And if, if it isn't, you can hit a down button. All right, particularly in a high rise. Let's say the alarm came in on the 17th floor. All right, uh, smoke detector 17. All right, and it doesn't match up to what when you left the, the firehouse. All right, scroll down the next one. Oh, 16. Keep going down. Oh, sprinkler activation on the 14th floor. Now that could be your, that could be where the seat of the fire started. So the whole idea is you got to look at that and have an understanding of that. All fire alarm panels are different, different ages. In that different manufacturers, the buttons are in different spots. They're all over the place. There's a little, little known, and we put it in the book, in the back of the NFPA 72 and annex, large metropolitan areas can request, ask for, and put it into a code, a standard fire alarm panel where all the buttons are in a high-rise building. It's it's wow. hidden. <laughs> all right. So we bring that out in into that. So the panels. All right. Uh, uh, where are they in the building? Well, in the room, <laughs> in the lobby. So, it, Jack, when I, when I worked at Sinai for that seven short months, mm -hmm. you know, also a small yeah. complex, 14 interconnected high rises, the, the panels were everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were they were in lobbies. They weren't in lobbies. They were in one, one building had a, had a yeah. command center, fire yeah. command center. They were in a closet. And another one, 
It was behind a counter with a wall where you couldn't right. see it. They were everywhere. There was no standard like no, where they no. needed to go. Then, then when you go into the panel, is it a is it a one-way voice system or a two-way voice system? A one-way voice system is just a mic. A two-way voice system is the mic and a red phone. All right? So that means you have wardens on the floor, or it could be a firefighter phone where you have a plug-in, yep. and you go up in, right. into the into the uh, stairwell or near the elevator lobby and plug it in. And in the book, we bring out, is it if I plug it in, do I prevent other people from getting on the system? So you might have to have a test to plug it in and try other people plug it in. Oh, it don't work. I got to pull mine out. Yeah, you know, you know, Jack, I, 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 teach, I, I teach a basic high-rise, I teach a basic high-rise 101 in, in Jersey you know, through the division. Yes. And, and one, of the, one of the questions, I, so I show those pictures on, on, on the screen of the fire phones and all that stuff. I said, how many of you have these in the high-rises where you are? And we're talking about guys from Jersey yep. City, Newark, Atlantic City. They all raise their hand. I says, how many times have you mm. tried it and practiced with it? Oh, hands go no, up. No, They don't get out and try and, it. And, I said, you've got to get yeah. out and try it. It's too late. And, when you got fire yeah. up on 25. And I tell them, when you go there for an alarm, it's nothing. Test it. Test it. Test it out. Yeah. In the buildings I've yeah. done it, not only here across the country, I go in, I open up their cabinet where it have all the extra phones. I do this. <laughs> I blow on it. There's so much dust. <laughs> I said, really? They, no one ever touched these things. So if, if you no. have radio issues in the building, this is your friend. All right? And another thing on the fire alarm panel is it, particularly if you have a fire command center or a lobby with a, somebody in the lobby at all times, what's the number of the lobby phone? Is it, is it a four digit or five digit number in house or do you have to do the whole thing with the area code? Put that on the inside of the panel. So if, if, if the guys are going, if you have a problem, pick up a phone and, and dial these three and the four numbers. All right. So yeah, just pick up a house yes, phone, right? the idea is we're, we're yeah. trying to, we're pushing for, we got it. Uh, a high-rise building shall have uh, radio communications. It says all buildings in the code, all right? You have to enforce that. Uh, oh, oh, not an existing building. Yes, it, it says existing buildings. It says all buildings. So those are some of the things that we have on the fire protection. Then there's the command center. So they, you, on the command, command center, you have the fire alarm control panel. Then you have a firefighter smoke control panel, which, which Glenn Corbett calls mystical operations. Because because no one knows how to use it on the fire side. No one. I mentioned X number of panels. All right. Now multiply that by high rises, multiply that by the year the, the panel was made. And you have all this humongous numbers out there. It's all over the page. You can't stay on top of it. But if you have a firefighter smoke control panel, you don't know how to operate it. Before I left the hospital, I had, I had a, uh, a guide sheet, guide sheet for the firefighters to come in. All right. What does it say there? Does it say, what does P stand for? Oh, it's purge. Not in my system. It says pressurize. E stands for exhaust. <laughs> okay. So go in. You have to go in with your eyes open and say, let me gather some information that in when the event occurs, I can do that. Other know, components. Uh, one, of, uh, one of the things I got exposed to when I was up in Colorado was the casino and hotel were uh, part of uh, Indian tribe, and they were very uh, adamant about the fact that they are a sovereign nation and don't come under anybody's code. But they didn't bat an eye when it came to fire protection. 
And uh, we did some, uh, I wouldn't say unusual, but some creative stuff. Uh, there was an atrium that uh, was right outside the uh, hotel rooms on one side of that. And it, was, uh, it wasn't going to be practical to sprinkle the atrium. So we put an extra sprinkler head on the doors and windows on the inside of the hotel room. And then the atrium got equipped with a uh, smoke control system. Right. Which, you know, I think it met the intent of the code, but it was something I had never really been exposed to uh, dealing with the simple occupancies. That's what I call curtain wall sprinklers, which is good. They're closer together. The the whole idea, and you hit the nail on the head, it's bad PR. They don't, no one wants to see that. If your name's on the building there, uh, the Jack Murphy company, I don't, oh, fire. That gets out there quick. I I dealt with global buildings. The name was on the building. Uh, and I came down pretty strict with them on what I wanted to see and not see. All right. Here's an example, a setback roof in a foreign country. And I look at it. It's a new building. It has, it has a 30-pound propane tank on the roof. I go, what is that doing there? Oh, we have a restaurant downstairs. Get it off the roof. This is in the design stage. Get it off the roof. I said, across the street, you have a, a above-ground parking garage. Put it on the roof of that thing. Why is that? Eh, Let's just talk about some other things, which I can't say online today, or what people might do from a distance with that tank. Okay. So the whole idea is have practical sense. A lot of times it pays off to go and approach it that way. The, the other thing is that at the fire command center, you'll have elevator uh, recall panel. You can see that all the elevators recall. You may have a, a reentry uh, override switch or reentry doors that you have locked in the stairwell. You definitely have a central monitoring station that the signal was sent out. You, you may have a generator control uh, panel there too, say the generator kicked in. You might also have something that signals that the fire pump is active. What I like today is uh, com- uh, cameras where you have what on the floors in the building. Have your screen there like we are here. From now, I see a split screen of three. I could see the floors. Uh, I went into Jersey City with uh, Chief Turpak. They had a fire in the in uh, uh, laundry room. I forget what floor. And the guys were up there. They're reporting, they're reporting smoke condition. I just happened to walk around the back in the room behind it. And I said, Mike, you got cameras here. I can see the smoke condition on the 17th floor. So make these things work for you. All right. They're a great tool. Yeah. All right. So there are a lot of more things there than just the fire alarm panel at a command center. And I just highlighted, yeah. I just highlighted a few of them. Jack, one of the things that uh, kind of piqued my interest uh, when you were discussing it is the uh, ADA area of refuge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and what are some of the communications features that uh, go into those areas? When you have them, and, the, and again, permissible by code, uh, you should have where, the, where you have the area of refuge assistance. All right. Uh, you'll have a speaker. Uh, you'll have a button. Say, so let's just pick on the stairwell. Yeah, and a newer stairwell, I can put two or three wheelchairs in, in a landing. So right there at, at wheelchair level is is a button I press, and that should go down to the command center, saying, and is a voice, you know, saying I'm here, you know, on, on the fifth, seventeenth floor, and stair eight. All right. Now the thing there is, I train people that you know, you, you does it log in somewhere? Just because someone said something, do you have a spot where it logs in on the panel? 17th floor a, a, ADA activated. So if you're doing other things, you know you have to get back to that person. 
All right. So little things. If you have a speaker there just to press the button, they say something and you acknowledge it, then you forgot. So little things in buildings you have to look at. The thing is that the, the kicker here, here's a trade-off. If the building is fully sprinkling, you don't, you don't need an ADA area. Really? I have, really? So again, sprinklers are out. <laughs> You're doing work, all this other stuff. Now, we don't, now I don't have an area of refuge for those people unoccupied floors. So there, there are so many little loopholes, all right, that you have to watch. And when you read codes, you got to look at, oh, ABC, do, do this. And all of a sudden, there's exceptions. Read them carefully. <laughs> In the book, I put the code sections under the topic. I might yes, have it did. in chapter two up front, but if you're looking at standpipes, pressure reducing valves in chapter uh, nine, uh, uh, I mean, uh, four right here, right underneath there, there's the code section. What I'm trying to do is give you a visual of what you're seeing, and this is what it's all about. You need to marry the yeah. two of them together. All right. And that's, that's basically what we try to do in the theme of the book throughout. Uh, my, my pet peeve is FDC signs. All right. Pet, big pet peeve, particularly in a heart. Okay. What's, what's the peeve, Jack? Tell us what the, the peeve, peeve is. is that in the code, it says on this, this has to be a sign on the top with four inches says FDC. And I'm going to curse here. God damn it. If you're the pump and operator, if you don't know what the hell you're looking at a Siamese, <laughs> tells you FDC from a distance. Can you read the round plate? I don't know. Is it sprinklers? <laughs> is it standpipe? Is it a combination system? Is it a wet system? Is it a dry system? But if you put a sign above it, a little bit more in depth, and my pet peeve is I do with these large buildings, uh, multiple uh, connections, right? At the hospital, I had 27 connections for three blocks. All right, 27. So we'll pick out any one, guys. The, I, yeah, I had, 30, I had yeah, 36 to the sign. I, 36 yeah, the five. idea is that I'll just pick on uh, York Avenue, 68 to uh, 70th Street. I, I said, all right, this, this is a combination system. I need the address, 1300 York. It's a combination sprinkler standpipe system. Well, why do you need the address? Because all the companies here are at a third along, and I'm getting people coming over the bridge. They don't know these buildings. They don't even know where to go. Right. They know right. basically. But if you have a complex like that, make, make them feel comfortable. You're at 1300 York. That's the box you responded to. All right? And now in a regular high rise, you have three or four of them. You go around the corner. All right. And you have, you don't on the on the D on the C side, I might have the same building in the middle of the block. So just because you see an FDC connection, it might say sprinkler or uh, or non uh, sprinkler or uh, standpipe. Give them more information. That's intelligence. Then you have to do high zone, low zone. <laughs> I saw a sign uh, uh, standpipes, uh, low zone. Next one, standpipes, high, high zone. What's missing? You want to tell me what flaws, flaws there are? It's a nice brass <laughs> sign that they polish all the time. But give me some information. So that's my little thing on uh, extinguish uh, fire uh, fire suppression systems. You know, we, we just we just uh, put a, a, a class of fire inspectors yeah. through in the city, and and when we talked about sprinklers and standpipes and support, we cover everything. It's it's twelve it's twelve yeah, weeks yeah. of stuff. But but we talked about science, yeah. and we said. He said, picture yourself pulling up to that building as a firefighter, three o'clock in the morning, it's snowing and it's five degrees. Okay, you want to be able to look at that wall and it tell you a story, a quick story, you know? And so that's where we get into like, 
you know, partial sprinkler, basement right. only, was 10 to 20, that kind of stuff. And we, we, we kind of drive yeah. it home with, yeah. with the inspectors. You know, make them put up a sign that tells a story to aid the firefighters in their, in their right. job, you know. It, so I, I, I In that. New York, we went as far as color-coding caps. I don't see that anywhere. Right. Uh, yellow's combination sprinkler standpipe. Red is standpipe only. Green is uh, sprinklers. And, Ryan, I'll throw it at you. What's a silver cap? Silver cap, not automatic, right. no water. Right, yeah. And so I got one to throw at you, orange. Orange, yeah, you got one. You got me on that one. Oh, yeah, orange. Fireball connection. No. Okay. You're close. Foam system. Ah, foam. All right. There you go. Foam See? system is orange. In the I, I'm in this visit so, so many years, I'm still learning. All right? It's it's never yeah. ending. No, me it's too. never ending on me this too. stuff. The, yeah, and it just, by the way, since you said you asked about the silver, it used to be the, the code up until the recent code change in 22 was the entire Siamese bonnet. The whole bonnet had to yes. be silver. Yeah. Now it's just yeah. the caps. Yeah. They changed it, just right. the caps. It, just, uh, we, we learned that the other day, yeah. as a matter of fact. And, and, um, and on the fire protection system, passive signs, fire doors, smoke barriers, petitions. Uh, when you go into the buildings, open up a utility closet. Take a look how the runs coming up vertically. Are they all uh, sealed up and everything? You know, other than that, you're going to have smoke emitting up, up in all these things. Another thing, a big thing, out-of-service out of systems. How do we tell the company we have out-of-service systems? Particularly for just deal with this FDC connection and sprinklers and stamp pipes. And the FDC connection, you can put a disc on the outside, temporarily closed, all right? You call a local company like the Engine 39. Uh, the FDC connection here is out-of-service for now. They can come down. They can put their own ring on it. But at least you're telling them ahead of time, not only for sprinklers and stamp pipes, but also tell them about, uh, what do you call it, a fire alarm system. Here's a, here's a quick story on, on a failure of a five-year test. All right. My, my buildings were put up in the 30s. I'm on the 27th floor doing a five-year test, the highest building I had. And I blow a quarter-inch hole out in the standpipe riser in one stairwell. Okay. And uh, two floors above in my, uh, is my, uh, what do you call it, uh, tanks, my water tanks. All right. So... I notify the company, and, and we got a variant. Stair 9 is out of service and say you can use 12, all right? Now, based on that quarter, we went, uh-oh, this is a vertical riser. What do the horizontals look like two floors below? So we came in, and we, we took uh, electric uh, photos of it, all right? And, and like a 12-inch pipe, I could barely get my fist through, all right? Now, when they put this building up, complex, they have two control valves, basically shutting down 10 buildings at a time. So, okay, let's think out of the box. Like you said, Ron, okay, I need, for the new thing, obviously we're changing all the horizontal piping, that's number one. I, I had some dead ends, we're gonna connect them, like the grid system in a hydrant. I had three or four of those. And I put a standpipe riser, OS and Y valve in each staircase. I had, on the old side, probably, probably had about 37 staircases. All right, but one, one little thing led to that. Now, if it, if it wasn't a test, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, what kind of problem would you be in, especially a hospital? I, I get it. I get it. I had the same thing at yeah, Sinai. Yeah, I had a fire yeah. pump. I had one fire pump that fed five yeah, buildings. Yeah, yeah. So, the, so the twofold problem there was if the fire pump kicked on due to something, right. okay, you put a surge into five buildings and I had evacuations yeah. going up because the flow switches were going, right? right? And, and if I had to take the pump down, I had five buildings without a yeah, fire pump. Yeah. So I try to convince them to put a pump in each right. building. That didn't go anywhere. 
and, <laughs> so it is and what based it is, on right? these findings, I was able, to, because of the, the criticality of it, I was able to get a, a very large, I think, seven hundred fifty thousand million dollar capital budget, capital right. budget project that they they said right away. It, okay, so little things on fire protection systems. What's next, guys? Yeah, I want to move. I want to move on to chapters five and six, Jack. Uh, uh, building mm -hmm. systems. Uh, you guys did two complete chapters on building systems alone. You know, so so kind of what what was. What was your thought process, and why did you think you need to do two chapters on it, that? It, the chapter would have been too long. <laughs> One chapter, it <laughs> really was, and we just decided let's let's just break it break it down uh, to two different chapters and everything. And the the first one is basic chapter five is what we call HVA systems, elect, electric, you know, gas, natural natural systems coming into the uh, utility systems coming in. And the, and the latter one is basically transportation, communications, and I'll get a little bit more in depth than that. But on the first half, uh, they're, they're building management systems out there. We're into solenoids on a lot of things. They can, they can control HVA systems. They can control the furnace. They can control lights, all right? Uh, so if you have that in the building, note that, that you have a building management system. Also, if you have that, uh, where is it located in the building? Usually locked up in the engineer's office at 3 in the morning. All right. But if you have later on, we'll talk about building intelligence cards on the card. There it says ventilation system. It's in the engineer's office in the sub basement. And oh, they have a remote access. Call the engineer. Here's the number. Boom, boom, boom. If the engineer lives a county or two away, hey, you need to shut this system down before you leave. You need to know that. That's what I that's what I'm going to hop on intelligence on the building. So they, they're very good. And they, they're also what they call BAS, building automation systems, too. So. See if that's there, and that should be also uh, some connection there. Maybe at the, I've seen it also duplicated at the fire command center. Uh, HVA systems, is it, is it multi-zoned? Is it one floor? We have a package, a, a, a individual package on the floor. Maybe have two or three individual packages servicing one floor. Multi-zone is, is another one. Is it five floors, 10 floors? In Midtown Manhattan, I dealt with two zones. One to 25, 27 to 50. Wow, that's, that's a tough one. So, yeah, that's big. Now, nowadays, you're trying to break it down. Uh, when I saw, I saw a need for, uh, when we put the uh, 1.2 million square foot building up over the FDR, suspended over a six-lane highway, boy, we out of space in New York. Uh, I, I, I went from 68th to 70th Street, and we decided to do the zones horizontally. I'm dealing, I'm dealing with defend in place. So let's, let's do the compartmentation, north, center, west, south, southeast, whatever it was. I forget. There were five zones. So we, we took that apart. Now that you need to know about that a little bit different. So you're going to get more of a spread. The thing here is that we all shut the systems down uh, when we come into the building. Great. All right. There, there is a reluctance on, on operation of it. I understand that. And I would like to have that. Fire protect that engineer there at all times. Never leave me if I have a job. They stay with me, to, you know, if I need that type of thing to work on. So the thing with the, the these things are uh, the zones. There's no, how do I know what floors they cover right away? I was just talking to a chief uh, two days ago in the 9th Battalion. And he says, Murphy, he goes, yeah, I, lo I, love, I love the building information card. I, it's a great tool. It's this, it's that. He goes, but... When I went there, and this is during COVID time, at three in the morning, these people don't know this building. There's substitute people working here. 
All right. And we had, we had an issue on one of the floors and the individual couldn't tell me anything. So I looked at the car. I said, Oh, great. There's, there's Tom Jones. He's the, uh, he's the engineer. He calls up Tom Jones. Yeah. Tom Jones is the chief. Blah, 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 blah. He goes, chief, I left that company three years ago. <laughs> he goes, I would try to help you out. I have no idea who it is. So I'll pick on that later. You have to update these things every year. Okay. So utilities, uh, know where they are. And the, uh, real quick on this one, if you know them in a the sub-basement, give me a fixed position where they are. What, what do you think of two fixed positions you have in every high-rise building? Go ahead. Stairs? I don't move stairs. <laughs> elevators. Right. Elevators. So if I'm going down to a 30,000 square foot uh, space below grade, tell me the nearest stair, stair T, it, it's, is the electrical utility room. And if it's too big and you have a freight going down there, tell me where it's near. This reduces the time for trying to look for it in a smoke condition. So little tidbits on that. All right. So 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 all these all these systems are put in the yeah. building. Okay. We make the we make the owners of the building spend tens of thousands of dollars on smoke control, purge, fire phones, all this stuff. So what at this point, you know, the, the incident commanders of the world. You know, out there, whether it's a, and it starts with the company mm -hmm. officer because they get there before the chief anyway right. most of the time. Yeah. So, so what, what do they need to be doing when, when in their districts? You know, I mean, you know, it's 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 it seems academic. Get out yeah. there, look at everything, play. Yeah. With it. But but what what else what else is there for these guys to do to really get a good handle on it? You know, where, where do they start? Well, in 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 very metropolitan areas, very difficult. You go into the building, next thing you know, you're running out the door. You know, but the idea is that. You have to see what works best for you. If you can't do it, why can't the city hire people to do that a little bit more and, and, and vet the whole thing? All right. So the idea here, too, oh, familiarization. I understand that. It's great. Uh, my thing is that I'm going to get ahead of myself. I hate the word pre-plan. Why do you think I hate the word pre-plan? <laughs> I don't know, Jack. Tell us why you hate the word pre-plan. Because <laughs> fire units think it's fire prevention or people in in the planning section. Uh, this okay. is your stuff. You're, you're doing battle plans for this place, not me. I'm, I'm approving uh, codes and everything. You need to understand right. this building. It's called recon, like the military. You, get, you, you know the enemies, uh, you know, over the hill over there. Well, what's their, what's their situation? What do they have before I do the attack? All right. So you need to go out and do the recon. They go out and send send scouts out. All right. See what it is. Nowadays, you get imaging. You don't do that as much. But that's still intelligence coming back to you. And that's what it is. Recon to get intelligence. Oh, I think, uh, yeah, and, I, and, I, and I, think, I think you coined it a while ago when, when you, you introduced K by G. Yeah. You know, know before yeah. you go. Yeah. You know, and, and that's that's key. You know, and for those of you who, who are watching tonight, that, that was this is Jack. That was Jack Murphy's thing. He posted a couple articles of fire engineering. K by G. Know before you go. And, and not just high rise, yeah. but everything. Oh, yeah. Whether it's hazmat or it doesn't yeah. matter. Know before you go. You know, well, I think the, uh, the battle plan uh, kind of takes some of the you know fire prevention edge off of it, if, if you would. And, Maybe it makes it a little more attractive to the guys. Yeah. Field. Yes. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm on, I'm sitting on the uh, National Forum Firefighters Run Strategy 5, Codes and Standards. All right? right. And we call that community risk reduction. 
Okay. I, I'm not getting a buy-in from the companies. I, I said to them, you got to change it. Firefighter risk reduction. Let's have a subsection. All right. You need more buy-in. The, the thing here is that it's, 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 I could spend hours on this subject. Let's, let, let me go to uh, transportation systems in the building. Stairs. We know stairs are there. Elevators. All right. Escalators in the building. All right. They, they could be used for evacuation as long as you stop it. All right. My, my, the ones I hate are scissor stairs. You know, they cross over sure. in, in a very small, tight yeah. area. All right. It's always a lot of talk about scissor right. stairs. Yes, there always. is. You know, what side do I go on and all that stuff? Uh, I was in the, one, uh, one of the mega tall buildings and it, it's 40 foot corridor and there's a scissor stairs there. I, I asked the 8th Battalion Chief, Tom, which stair do you take? And just go A or B. I said, the fire's on the east side. Are you taking the A stair or the B stair? If you take the B stair, you're right at the door. <laughs> so you got to figure out, you got to at least get some stretch, go to the A stair. All right. So little things you'll have an understanding for once you do the recon. Also, on the mechanical floors, there are several. If you come into the stairwell, they're very tight. This is a staircase. I said to Tom, when you get to the 17th floor, I think we come out of 16. When you get to the 17th floor, give me a shout. So in between floors, how many landings are there on the norm? In between yeah. floors? I'm going to say one yeah, to two. One, basically. One. 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 This, is, this is four or five. Now, you're yeah. condensing the stairs, the, the width of it, all right? And surely right. I says, well, now when you go back, Tom, do I need an, another length of hose? If we bring in 200, do I need 250? See, little things. That's the recon of it, too. Recon says in this building, uh, we have, uh, we have uh, trash chutes. So on the norm, the trash chute is in what level at the end? It should be down at the bottom. The basement, first floor. This one stopped on 21. Because that was, that was the last, this is designed, for, that was the last apartment floor. I said, okay, how many times do we have compactor fires? Ah, Every day. So Every now, day. in order to get rid of the, the waste, you got to take it out of the compactor or move the whole compactor, slide it out, whatever you do, it goes into the elevator. Incompatibility in the elevator, what happens to that operator? I said, this is, this is the modern-day version of mattress fires, the issues we had with them, lighting up in stairwells. <laughs> So right. little things that come and get you. The biggest thing in the, in the, here is communications. You're, you, we passed in the code in 2012 that all buildings, all buildings shall have radio communication capability for the fire service. All. It needs to go out there and you have to do your job and make them put them in, particularly high rises. All right. In New York City, we have two channels. We call it a arc system. All right. We have a command and an operations channel. Works great for new buildings. Uh, if you're updating the building, fifty uh, percent, uh, you, you have to put in that. Now, I'm going to tell you a secret about architects and engineers for for uh, buildings. How do they get around this fifty percent thing? Hmm. Well, in, in 2022, I'm doing thirty percent. Okay, we approved it. Come back two years later, I'm doing thirty more percent. Ah. No one catches that. <laughs> all right. All right. Little tricks. All right. Another trick is, uh, is uh, you have to look at what we call self-certification from the architects and engineers. 
who's self-certifying this? My, my pet peeve was you come into my building as a fire protection engineer. That's a PE. All right. And your name is Mary Smith. I want to see Mary Smith. I don't want to see Harry Schwartz. Uh, but I represent him. I don't care. You're not the sign off. She is. All right. So little things that, that make things magnify out of control. Newer systems, OEO elevators. Woo. <laughs> OEO. So OEO. Uh, I, I got to ask a question. And uh, when I was getting ready for the show uh, earlier this afternoon, I thought I had a copy of O'Hagan's book in here somewhere, mm. but I can't find it. But the O'Hagan's book came out in 77. Yes. What I did find was this. I have that book. I, have I, uh, I, I took <laughs> the liberty of going through some of okay. the smaller chapters in here and compared to what's in the new book. And yeah. you guys, yeah, there it is. Yeah. You guys have covered it much more in depth than yeah. either one of these two texts that are out yeah. there. It, and it, this is. Chief, yeah. Chief O'Hagan laid the foundation for this. He really did. You know, Local Law 5 in New York City is, is the 50th anniversary. We were trying to put in sprinklers, they, they refused it. All right. And, right. and we stuck with compartmentation. We, we built that up and other things. There were no, there were no elevators markings or stair markings or things of that nature. On the newer side here, I, I we dealt with uh, photoluminous markings. All right. We passed that in local law 26 in 2004 and we don't have a standard. So I was one of the people sequestered in Brooklyn, Ron. Do you imagine that for a long weekend? Sequestered in Brooklyn and to come up with a first standard in the United States, how to put these down. And the big thing we come up with, uh, we wanted to illuminate because it'll diminish over time. You, you need all you need is two candela of a light in the stairwell, diminishes over time for 24 hours. Well, we got everybody out, we're here. <laughs> how do we make this work for us? So that, that became a, a retrofit for uh, office buildings. Now people just kept stepping up. Uh, residentials, other buildings like that. So that's a good thing. Uh, uh, firefighter air rescue systems, rescue uh, systems, replenishment systems, FARs, all right? It's, it's a standpipe for air in the building. There are, right now, to the listening audience, there's anywhere between 300 and 400 of these uh, systems in the United States, all right? And what we looked at and said, each area now is making up their own uh, local ordinance for it. So me, uh, Jim Tidwell out of, out of uh, Fort Worth, uh, and Ron, Ron Coleman, the great Ron Coleman uh, out of uh, California State Fire Marshal. The three of us got together and said, how do we get this into the code? Well, we, 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 they're, they're beating us up, you know, get, again, costs and all that stuff. But it doesn't cost the fire department anything. It's very minimal for the building owner, too, particularly a new building. So we come up with an Appendix L. Here's a standard going forward. These are the things that you should be putting in there. How about an air truck coming up like a like a, uh, a pumper and just uh, backfeeding, backfeeding the system? All right? Oh, well. Yeah. Jack, the FARS system, that, where, where they're installed and, and are the departments yes. using them? Yes, they are. They, they've had they've had some cases of success. 
All right. And, and Tom, I meant to say before, when you were talking about a five-story building, we have so many small towns with tall buildings. All right. And when Jerry and I were doing a class in Florida a few years ago, the, the chief was working with us that down there, he says, yeah, my, my ladder truck's 20 minutes out. What? So now manpower, and it takes one firefighter to take two bottles up per floor. So let's multiply 60 floors. <laughs> all right. It's a, it's a cascade system. It's a, it's a bottle system. All right. So if you put this in and you have an air truck to fill it, 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 it works. It, I, I dealt with hospitals and never had an issue with it. As long as you maintain it and everything else and meet all the, the criteria, it's fine. All right. But my thing is the super and mega tall buildings later on, they put them in, in large box stores too, gentlemen, which I call horizontal, horizontal, uh, uh, what do you call it? High rises. The other thing too, it's a quick connect. If I'm running out of air, just go connect to it. All right. Now think of search and rescue companies way above the floors doing 30 floors. Okay. So the idea is that it works. Look into it. Uh, that's, and the next thing is the ESS, energy storage system, new building systems. All right. They're, they're what I call, uh, you know, lithium ion batteries. All right. We're, we're, we're getting battle tested right now with all these electrical mobile devices uh, across the country uh, practically every day. Uh, then you have the cars that are doing that, too. And now you want me to put a whole system in a building, a whole system. And the whole idea is that for peak time, all right, Utility company calls up, we're shutting down, cutting back power on you. Now this thing takes over. Fine. I understand that. No problem. On a new building, I could put it where I want. More control for me if anything happens. Maybe nothing above the ninth floor. How about street side for the ladder truck access? All right. I'm not putting it in the basement. And limit the number on the floors. All right. Now, they go to the other thing. They want me to put it in an existing building. Well, I got a mechanical floor over here, mechanical floor over there, mechanical room over here. It's like hodgepodge. The thing is that, you know, in dealing with the hazmat lieutenant there, we gave a conference with NFPA at, at, at the Rock in the city. My question, I'm the end receiver here. Is anyone telling the building owner that if this thing goes on fire, that building's out for a long time? Where's, where's, all, the, where's all the contaminated water going? No answers. Right? No answers. We don't have, here's the thing about this. Industry puts this stuff out there. That, the metal cladding, everything. Everything. We keep telling them the full-scale tests. Everything goes out there. We inherited it. Everything. And that's why you got to get out there and be more active. Oh, wait a minute. Time. I had a proposal one time in the code section. I think it was California. They wanted to build homes underneath the power lines, the high-tension power lines, because it's an open area. <laughs> Plenty of space, plenty right? You got plenty of space. Of space. Don't, don't worry about those things in the sky. So, and it's, it, it, I, 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 it's a sarcastic laugh. I have to do that. But those are things that are out there, gentlemen. Uh, this ESS stuff, it, it's good. All right. But it, that's a, one of many things coming our way. You have gray water in the building. You have, you have plants on the roof, all the, 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 the dead load up there. You have great, you have your plants that are supposed to be right now. Uh, designed for wind resistive and low vegetation. Oh, 20 years from now. Really? Oh, let's put a tree here. Let's do this. All right. And who's watching the drains all along? 
I, I, Jack, I think I think that the the, the the good point, the really good point that you make is that we, meaning the fire service, we end up inheriting all the bad stuff. Yeah. For the decisions that are yeah. being made by engineers, right. architects, right. And, and building departments all over the country, not picking on one building uh, department, but the building, the building department, the construction department, whatever you call them in your town, you know, it once they give them the, the, the certificate of occupancy, that's the birth certificate for the building. We're right. stuck yeah, with yeah. it. We are. Whatever it right. is, you know. And I, I'll give I'll give you one case uh, at, at an unknown address in an unknown large city on the East Coast. Okay, they they built a they, they built a couple of eight story buildings with no standpipes. Yeah. yeah. No right. stamp pipes because because they beat the right. code. The code said it, it, the, it's seventy six stories, seventy five feet of the highest occupied yes. floor. The seventh floor of the, of that's the last set of apartments right. in right. the building is seventy three feet above grade. Right. Yes, seventy three yeah. feet, not yeah. seventy five. No, st- they did sprinkle yeah. the building. Thank goodness, no stamp pipes. That's still a hell of a yeah. stretch yeah. from the right. street, especially if the sprinklers are off for some yes. reason. Yes. That's that's going to be a calamity yeah. there. It's tr- stretching from eight yeah. stories, you know. So, but but we didn't we didn't necessarily have an opportunity mm. to get in and look at that from the building right. code side because yeah. we're not like you say we're not we don't have our hand right. in it. Enough. The thing is that we we we're living on a powder keg right now, and and a lot of these large large complex horizontal high rises, lightweight wood buildings, they're going up all over the country under construction. Don't get me wrong, they're totally the game. All right. Uh, we've been fighting them that you need a full 13 system, not a 13R. 13R is occupied spaces, hallways. There are so many right. voids in this building, so many horizontal oh, yeah. voids and vertical voids all over the place. All right. And other things, too, is like when you have a fire in this building, someone's got to be assigned to that fire alarm panel and watching it. Maybe it maybe will poke down or something. But the whole idea is that. We've been after, how about power, uh, firewalls, cinder block from the foundation through the, up through the, the, the roof, a power pit, and come out on that, on the vertical coming down two feet. I at least have something. All right. We talked about, we talked about the 13 R to, to a full 13 came up after the Avon yes, fire. Yes, in, you know, yeah, Avalon. Avalon or Avon? Avalon. Avalon? Yeah. yeah it's, it's about yeah. what it's six, seven years ago, right. whenever it was, you know, yeah. burnt the whole building down. Because right. they had, a thirteen D is not going right, to do it because right, it avoids. Yeah. So, yes, it is. And, and our good friend Murtog came up with tell him the quote that he just gave us, Ronnie Murtog on, on building codes, fire codes. What talking about that the, they're written in yeah, blood? They're mostly written in blood. All right, written in blood, and we practice tombstone right, legislation after the event. All right, yeah, yeah. after the it, event, tombstone legislation. Right. In one of these buildings, uh, I'm giving an uh, uh, interview with Corbin and I, and I'm on a different one. And they have, okay, now there's one building I called it the survivor building. <laughs> Didn't go down. It just fine. We 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 kept the fire from extending to another building. Uh, I said all, they all come out here and they'll tell me, "Oh, we meet minimum code standards." That's the word, minimum. Minimum. You, you're not. Yeah trying to do what we're asking you to do to make them even more safer. All right. We get sloughed off all the time. And I said to the reporter, if this is minimum code, why is he putting in sprinkles in the attic now? Right. Okay. Right. Because they have egg on their face. For sure. All right. Absolutely. So Tommy, yeah, I had uh, chapter seven and I love the title of that. And I know you've, 
written extensively on building intelligence. But uh, why do we really need all that for uh, the, the, the battle plan? Yeah, the, the more intelligence you have on the building, Tom, the better the, the strategies and tactics, alternative strategies and tactics will be. And again, just think of military. I don't have to go into depth on that. I think a lot of us in the fire service know about military planning before you attack an enemy. An enemy. So the, the, the idea here is that, again, I need to know things. It, and uh, when I t- talked to this chief again, someone else told me, oh, Murph, I had no idea on the floor that there was, uh, was t- uh, 15,000 gallons of diesel fuel. Really? Okay. You want to put that in hazmat, in the little box of hazmat? When we developed this card after 9-11, it started in New York first. I'll, I'll, I'll lay claim to that. It was seven of us. All right. There were five firefighters, two fire protection engineers. All right. And the task force, the fire safety directors, which I chaired, we come up with this. <laughs> I will say this because Larry Burns was the first, the first battalion chief for many years in the World Trade Center. Uh, and uh, uh, he, he's since passed from uh, 9-11 related illness. But the thing is that we sat down there and we come up with this card system. I had it in my little town. I had uh, pre-plans uh, back then. And uh, I had it on a paper chase in a box, in a loose leaf binder. That was it. We took that knowledge of stuff from Brannigan too. Brannigan's been pushing this since World War II. We we all have it in our books. Oh, we got to do pre-planning. Okay, <laughs> do it, do it. The idea here is that when you have this stuff, the, the better things you do. How about let me just uh, get back to where I was going with uh, this. So we brought it. We brought it to the fire department. We were bringing it to the fire department. We called it bits. I called it bits, and Larry Burns. Uh, God rest his soul, said to me, Murph, you can't, you can't take that. What, how come we can't take this to the fire department? You can't take the title. What do you mean the title? Building, intelligence, tactical system. Yeah, it's good. Let me give you the other one they currently use at the fire department. Bureau, Bureau <laughs> of Investigation and Trials. The trials oh, I yeah. said, I guess we can't do that, Larry. <laughs> yeah, can't use bits. Can't no. use bits. No. no. So we, Definitely not. Little things behind it. So we came up with that. Fine. And we had, uh, we gave them a, a foundation. And then we joined forces with them to push it out. Uh, same thing with the emergency action plan. We, we created that, joined forces, and we pushed it out. So the whole idea is that taking that little thing, now go to the, the International Code Council and try to push that there. After 9-11... Myself and Glenn Corbett met with Shannon. I think he was the president of the NFPA uh, and, uh, and Sally Reaganhoff on skyscraper safety at the college. And so we need, we need to push these through faster. This, this is ridiculous. It's so long to get these things done. Well, it took us a while. We resurrected uh, 1620, which is a guideline at NFPA. And now we've been through several verses of that. And finally, in the last verse, said you can you can have it in electronic version. So that went there, and then the NFPA, uh, then I, ISO, we we went to them, and they put it in as part of training. So what we said we were doing was connecting all the dots, but the biggest dot I, I'm still missing is them pushing it, accepting it, and getting out there to do it. We did our homework for you. I need you to step up, local companies, and do this stuff. 
Stop playing games. The whole idea is if you have an electronic version, you, you leave a legacy there. My father spent 36 years in Hoboken. When he left, he didn't tell me anything when he went out the door. <laughs> so why do I have to reinvent the wheel every time I go into a building when I have a history on it and I have a database that will do that? All right. We're into the, we're into, no one has the, uh, I have to admit, Ron, you know, I, I kidded people when they were in my class. Do you still have a flip phone? You know, <laughs> well, look what I got. Look, they're back. Oh, look at you. <laughs> got the flip. Not a boy. But that, Not a boy. I'm proud but that's, that's the newest technology. The, the phones change a lot more faster than we in the fire service. It took us almost yes. 20 years to get rid of the last horses after the motorized engine came out. Right. Uh, and, and then Toledo would, would skip Coleman there. Up until the 60s and 70s, they were still washing the tires for every run. Why are you doing that? Well, years ago, we did that for the horsemen all. So, so did the city. The city, the city had the pro be washing the wheels into yes. the seventies. They were washing the, after every run. They washed the wheels with a yes. brush. Yes. So, so uh, Jack, in chapter seven, you also mentioned uh, QAPs. Yeah. And uh, what are they? What are they? QAPs? Are what we call quick action plans. If you look at a typical building information card, it's it's eleven by seventeen. There's two sides to it, basically. All this is is initially. For me to get started for what I call a decision-making process real quick and how to review the card quick. So I, I tapped into uh, Bill Schroeder's, uh, former deputy chief out of Philly, who was teaching the command and control class, and he mentioned QAPs. So we had a discussion about that. So I said, Billy, I'm going to take it, if you don't mind. I, I want to start playing around with it with the building information card. So on, on the building information card, on one side, there are 11 boxes of information, you know, stairs, elevators, ventilation, fire protection, uh, hazardous materials, emergency contact, you know, uh, uh, building stats, building information, and there's a, a fire communications. And then there's a box there uh, in the laminated side, uh, out of service stuff, New, what's going on, construction, blah, 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 sprinklers, so forth and so on. On the back side, which they call the back side, I don't, on the bottom is the footprint of the building. Here's the front entrance. You know, these are extra doors. Stair A's over there, stair B's there. There's a low, high, mid-rise elevator. There's an access stairs that goes to the basement. What we looked at this and, and said, okay, how do I read this quick? Within 30 seconds, the deploy personnel. So that became QAP2. QAP1, I'll tell you at the end, uh, because uh, no one uses it. Uh, QAP2A is the, bit, the footprint of the building. And we created... But when you come up to the box, because I deal with multiple entrances, you're at this street, 213 Jefferson Street, right here. And I had a chief look at me, goes, Murph, where am I? What do you mean, where are I? You're right here. He, I said, okay. Here's what I, I, I nicknamed it, the Hodgins Arrow. He, he, <laughs> he became chief of training in the city. Jimmy, I got to name the arrow after you. And, and it made a point. So the idea, if you look at that arrow and you look at the sides of the building, A, B, C, D, you can see real quick, stair A's to the left, stair B's to the right. That has a standpipe. Stair B on this side is a fire tower. We ain't using that. Then you can use where you want to go for your attack stair. Then you can see your elevators and all the other entrances. You see on the outside the FDC connections around the building. You look above that, it's 2B, all right? The vertical rises, stairs, elevators, HVA system, all right? If they're a person with disabilities, a column for them, all right? And, and access stairs, you know? Access stairs three and four. Oh, we have one on four and five. If I put them in the in the same column, 
they, they look like they go together. So you create three different columns and you space it out because there's separate access stairs. Little things. The other thing we did, we standardized colors across, across the area. All stairs are green. All elevators are blue. Access stairs are orange. Things like that. So we, we worked hard on this. It's, it's taken a life of its own. And when it gets out there into the world, everybody's got things all over the place. When I look at other people's planning, I don't want to see goddamn icons. <laughs> I see an icon for everything. I'm not here to read icons. All right. And right. the other thing I, I've learned is shorten up that legend at the bottom. SP, standpoint. You want to spell it out? Do I have to keep taking my eye off the thing and look at the bottom of the page? Spell out standpoint and get rid of every damn acronym you have out there. It's like <laughs> that hurts on the acronym king. I know. It's work. like after a while, stop it. King. You know, it, it. We can read in in computers. It's, it's the just, computer program can put them in at a smaller letter. Now, it's no, no different. Right. No different than plain language on the right. radio, right? Yes. Jack? Yes. So if you flip the card over, those are all the boxes. That's the that's QAP three. All right. If you flip the card over, that means you're going to be there for a while. You got a job. All right. So you got to read all these things in that QAP one is not out there because we don't, who has things going out the door in a rational format? What does the firefighter need going out the door? All right. And now we, let's say we have this now. All right. Small town, uh, tall buildings. You small town has all their, all their companies at a fire alarm. Now you rely on mutual aid. Is anyone giving them information on these buildings? So if you have a database that you can push out on your MDT or something like that, oh, I can't read that thing. Damn it. Let me tell you something. Here's something about this stuff, guys. You keep making excuses. Totally. So you don't have an aide. You don't have a chauffeur. You have someone at dispatch. Tell them to greet you the goddamn thing. That's it. Stop it. When you get there, you can have it on your MDT. If you don't have connectivity, you can have a big enough building, have three sets of the building information card there. You, the lobby command gets it. The ops individual gets it upstairs. So you have things in place. These are all the things that we learned the hard way. I lost all communications in a lot of these buildings in the city. Everything. So the whole idea is that make it work for you. You don't. You need to, particularly the small towns and tall building people. You need it. You 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 don't have the manpower. You don't. So stop it, and get the intelligence out there and push that out to the people. Uh, I know I'm I'm on my pulpit, but Ron, once in a while I have to get on it. That's, that's, <laughs> that's okay. So, you know what? Listen, you hung out with Bobby Halton long enough to know how to people. Okay, Bobby mastered the art of screaming at us. So so you hung out with him long yeah. enough, so he rubbed yeah. off on. You. And, but but you you're right. I I can't agree no, with it, you more. And, and I when I when I do my lectures and I whatever I'm doing, I say if you got to get out and practice, yeah. you got to look, you got to gather your intelligence. I use I quote you, of course. And as you got to get in the buildings, I said, they'll be happy to let you yeah. come to the buildings. Yeah. They'll be happy to let you walk around and look. Yes. And even if it's if it's non-business yeah. hours, Saturdays, Sundays, I said, volunteer companies, you drill on the weekends, go to your high yeah. go to your local high-rise, go to your local hospital, go to your local target hazard, and learn about these systems. It's too late at 3 o'clock in yeah. the morning in occupied right. building. It's too yeah. late. Tommy, do you have anything else for Jack in terms of questions? No, I think uh, we've covered uh, everything that I wanted to speak of. Yeah, good. Yeah, me, me too. So, so Jack, why don't we, we – we're kind of – we're not – like they don't give us a timeline, yeah. but we usually run right. about an hour or about yeah. an hour and ten uh, in. So why don't, why don't you kind of sum up and, and give us a, an overall 
on the project, the book, and where do you see us going from here in terms of the high-rise world? Uh, like I said, in the high-rise world, they're coming up more and more with new designs and new techniques. They're coming up with uh, aerated uh, 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 concrete. They're coming up with uh, what I thought I saw it, putting in large uh, golf ball sizes to fill up the space to take up the concrete. And my, my thought process in talking to Glenn, all right, we took out that space. We have less concrete. Sit, rather having a four-inch mass, now on the areas where these golf balls are, because they look exactly like golf balls, that's a thinner space. Oh, what about the fire impingement on that space now? So those things they're throwing at us. They're looking at uh, what do you call it, gardens on the outside uh, veneer of the building, sustainable gardens going all the way up. And, oh, they're going to be sprinkling it. Time out here. We can't. We, we, we run out of things at the sprinklers in the building. Why I said all this stuff, and I got my train of thought back, you need to do a face-to-face -face with these people who, who is the lead in the building, the building engineer. It, 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 yeah. Do a face-to-face -to, -face to them. And that's number one. That's a tabletop exercise. Go down and do that. You know? and, and then do a functional exercise. You know, some, some, then go to the next level, full-scale exercise with all agencies. But there are tools out there for you to do that. And I ran, I didn't run them, but I was a part of a full scale and, and, and functional exercises. We, 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 uh, one setup, we went in, we had a fire in the building. Uh, we trained everybody. We went into the first shift management and everything. We come in the building at 10 o'clock at night. And I think it was Hodgins or somebody. I forget. All right. Is the third shift here? Yeah. All right. Tell them to come down here. All right. Go to the, go where you're working positions. The rest is go sit in the office. What do you think that was? We're coming here at three in the morning. We these are the people we have to right. deal with, you know. Absolutely. Right? And now the the key about the functional act, the full scale exercise, is that we smoked up the lobby, so you couldn't use that. They couldn't make an announcement. Right. That oh, the building right. manager. What do you mean you can't make an announcement? Well, it, it's the only place to make the announcement is here. So now comes another system where you have redundancy somewhere else in the building. So drills are good. Get together with if you're a small town. Get together with other towns. I, I do. Well, the the, the, the the average drill like that, yeah. it's almost like it's a living, breathing yeah. gap analysis. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can have you find the you gap. You have to hot wash right after it. I did one at Hackensack Hospital with Steve Collins. You know, and and we had Taynek there. I I think might have been Bogota, but we did a. Jackie, go back, go back to the balls and the concrete. What are they made of? Uh, like a These like balls. a like a, a, a thermoplastic or something. I swear, no I swear, Ron, I, they look like giant golf balls. It looks like the, the jolly green giant golf balls. And, and they're, <laughs> they're in the, between the rebob and everything. Then they come in and, and yeah. so, so those are things. I can't leave a building. Oh, what the hell is that? It's new design. We have air rights yeah. and make location, location. Yeah. You don't have space. They're over, they're over low rise buildings. We, yeah, what's the ex we have a yeah. We got we got we got a rooftop yeah, unit yeah, that works yeah, out of fire right. prevention. That's what they're looking yeah. at. Other than rooftops, right, right. they're looking at the cantilevered. And there's two built. We got we got a picture yes. of one. There's two three story buildings here, and then they're going to build right. over the top. And how much space yeah. do you have to leave to ladder the three story right. building? Yeah. So if we look yeah. at that it, stuff. It, it, by me, Hudson Yards. There's thirty railroad yep. tra tracks underneath the buildings. Buildings. Right. All right. They're probably right. going to be done, but they're done twelve or fourteen. All right. But yep. those are the challenges you have. The biggest thing is small towns. Uh, you know, you, you don't have the manpower. So the more you can help yourself out, 
with building yeah, intelligence right. and, and and having right. drills with the mutual aid companies and have automatic yeah. fire alarm or automatic box. If you have a working fire in one of these buildings, these companies should be coming right away. You'd, yeah, play, play, I always talk about playing catch up on right, a high rise right, fire. No, you can't, no. you can't, and, it's going to get away the, from all, What is the only sense of all our senses that you have available for you as an IC in the lobby? The only sense you have yeah. available to you. That's a good question. Yeah. You get this from Mark Togger, you're making no, this up no, yourself. No. <laughs> so we have sight, we have smell, sight. we have feelings, right. feelings, right? We, we, the only sense we have left are our ears. We're listening to right. radios and we should be getting reports of feedback from us every 10 minutes. That's it. As an ace, as an ace, I see you stand outside, you take the AB or the, or the, or the, or the AD corner. You can see everything. You can see things better down there. You're on your own just for your ears. All right. right. And, and you have to understand that. Okay. So great. So go ahead. Nope. We're going to start to wrap up here, Jack. Uh, any any last comments? Any any good advice? Last comments for for the gang? Uh, other than buy my book, which they should anyway. <laughs> but yeah, we we encouraged everybody yeah. last show. We, Tommy and I were kind of ranting and raving about what a great quality product it is. But and any other good advice it, for the, for the firefighters out uh, there? Again, here you, you need to know the your buildings in in your area, but when you have a metropolitan area with thousands of buildings, it gets to be difficult. So you have to create, be more creative, and that when we do go to battle here, we have the necessary knowledge of these buildings at our hands right, right. now, not play like you said, catch up. All right, and again, yeah. I I'm honing in on small towns, tall building. You're you're, you're diff, totally different animal than than me in New York City. 100 firefighters at a, at a particular the 1076 or 1077. And know the difference between residential-type buildings and office space. A lot of yeah. us have not little or no experience in a full-scale office space fire. We, we, I had an interesting yeah. conversation recently. Uh, there's a chief of the 8th Battalion. Uh, you know Mark Rosenbaum? No. He's been in the eighth. He's been in the eighth battalion for eighteen years. This guy, we had him. We had him to our offices to talk to some of our high rise inspectors, and and uh, he was talking about that he's got these com. You know the the, the mixed use buildings. Yeah. You know it's it's fifteen stories of commercial yeah. office space, and then it's twenty five stories of apartments. Yeah. You know he says, and we had this thing back and forth. Are we going to call it a commercial high rise fire or is it a residential right. high rise fire? He said, split it. If it's in the yeah. residences. 77 right. if it's on yeah. downstairs yeah. called a right. 76 yeah. but they went they went with the 76 okay. anyway which brings a lot more yes. equipment to mobilize right. a ton more yeah. stuff and the, the thing is so the thing is that too you know in the code side that they always threw that at us as well you only have five stories commercial five-story hotel and residential top well uh, in one building i had in new york there are no smoke detectors uh, 20 to 20 to 40 is a residential everything else is sprinkler down below each one had a, a full-scale fire alarm panel. I said, hmm. in some areas, at least by me in Jersey, what's the highest threat? The whole building gets it. <laughs> That's right. it. That's the whole building gets it. I got it. you. Okay. Okay. D Jack, if you hang on one second. Tommy, you, you have the role for yes, tonight? Yes, I do. All right, th Jack, this is something traditionally you've been doing for about 12 years mm -hmm. on this show. Tommy, Tommy runs the role of a line of duties that happened since we were on the, on the, on the air last. So, Tommy... If you don't mind, would you run the Yeah, ball? the uh, last time we were up was August 7th, 
And uh, since then, there's been 12 line-of-duty deaths since we were last on the air. Uh, Benjamin Sapper uh, died on the 4th of August, uh, U.S. Fire Service in Medford, Oregon, and he succumbed to injuries sustained in a vehicle accident. Josh Biscoff, Tim Rodriguez, and Tony Sulzla uh, all passed away on uh, August 6th uh, due to a, a helicopter collision. Uh, all three of those gentlemen worked for Cal Fire in Sacramento. Uh, Eddie Steins from West uh, Milford Fire in New Jersey on the 16th of August uh, had a heart attack after a call. Sean, Sean Gillis from uh, Fuller Hose Company in Northeast Pennsylvania made the supreme sacrifice on the 20th. Uh, he was struck by a vehicle while working a scene. Uh, Anthony D. Simone uh, on August 24th in uh, North New Haven had a heart attack after a call. Uh, Terry Jack, uh, Terryson Jackson on August 28th with the Broward County Sheriff's Office uh, passed away from a helicopter accident uh, while they were out on a call. Kevin Ward from Chicago uh, on the 28th of August uh, suffered uh, traumatic injuries uh, from an unknown source at a scene. Mia Etheridge on September 1st from Louisa County Fire and EMS in Virginia uh, died in a vehicle crash. Joe Parrish on September 1st from the DeBoyle Volunteer Fire Department in Texas also a vehicle crash, and Josh uh, Kogel on September 4th from the Caviar Volunteer Fire Department in North Dakota suffered an unknown medical at the scene. As always, we ask to keep these folks and their families in your thoughts and prayers and heed the lessons that they have left for us. Uh, Ron, I was going to mention to you the whole... Uh, uh, Broward County thing seemed kind of unusual to me, but I did a little digging this afternoon. Apparently, the fire department is under the sheriff's office. Mm -hmm. Yes. I had never seen anything like that. I guess they merged back in 03. And uh, I guess it works for them. It just seems kind of different. Yeah, interestingly enough, I think most of the most of the, the county and state fire marshals work for the state, under the state police in a lot of places, or the sheriff, uh, I know Florida, it's all sheriff, but uh, even in, in Connecticut, when I was there, the, the state fire marshals out of the office of the state police. Yeah. So it's uh, we're, we're kind of a hodgepodge of a lot yeah. of stuff. If somebody came from another planet and looked at the fire <laughs> service, they'd say, boy, you guys got to get your stuff yeah. together. You know? yeah. So with that, uh, Jack, we can't thank you enough for, for bringing your uh, your expertise, your love for the fire service and, 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 and uh, everything you bring. Uh, to, to to the fire service on a regular basis. Uh, again, the book. You guys did a phenomenal job, you Jimmy and 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 Jerry, and uh, and congratulations on that. And thanks for being with us on the backstep tonight. We appreciate. It. Thank you, thank you, gentlemen, for having me again. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to uh, to get the message out there to the fire service. So, in closing, yeah, every, everybody thanks. be safe out there. Thank you. Yes. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to forego my little statement for tonight and just say, everybody, be safe, wear your seatbelt, wear your mask, 
slow down, eat right, eat light, use your head. Although I'm not doing my whole thing, I did it anyway. So <laughs> don't forget to hold your family and hug them tight when you say goodnight. So there, there's the All end. Right, stay safe, everybody. All right, so we'll put it put it back to our producer, Mark, and uh, take us out, brother. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.